Hello and welcome to our third episode of Exploring the Iceberg with Jogan and Sophia. And today our topic is the negativity of positivity. So Sophia is going to break down pretty much the purpose of the negativity of positivity, things like why it happens, and pretty much some practical ways to go about um preventing and like coming to terms with the negativity inside of you or the darkness inside of you. So stay tuned to hear and find out. And the table is yours, Sophia. <gasps> Thank you, Jagged. This is exciting. Um, this is a topic, just a disclaimer, it may raise some eyebrows, but I want you guys to take a few breaths in and understand that this is just a conversation starter it is something to enlighten and illuminate within yourself to see if there is some parts that may resonate or not right so i advise for you guys to remain open during this conversation and yeah um and as the iceberg analogy references this would be a all-encompassing, actually, with the first, second, and third, just because this is a topic that can very much be on the surface level, like good vibes, bad vibes. And then it could be very much like, oh, okay, so like there's this part and this part. And then it could be on the very deeper level where it's like the deepest, darkest secrets versus the like super ecstatic parts. So as the iceberg goes, that's the analogy that we are going to be going by um and i want to first begin with the statement that yes there is the negativity within positivity that sounds a little bit contradicting if you think about it right a lot of the times within spiritual communities and just people that you would think that are all good vibes or super ecstatic it paints the image that there's only, it's supposed to only be like that, right? Like it's only supposed to be good and blissful and love all the time. We're forgetting where we are at now, which is contrast reality, right? There's, there's like a quote that I know I'm sure you've heard of. It's like, there isn't light without dark or dark without light. Or if you think of the image of a yin and yang, there isn't the white without the black, right? So it's like, that's what I want to paint for you guys. And yeah, I it's a topic that may unfortunately make or break someone in a sense where if you over-identify with one side of the spectrum, it could very much be... Just, I want to. I, I want to say illuminating to be aware of, and also something that is very eye-opening. And I really hope that that this eye-opening part happens within you. Um, yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, so could you explain, in a sense, like, how, like, so, like, could you give, an, like, uh, kind of an illustration of how, like, this manifests, this manifests in a spiritual community, and, like, how, like, 
certain people can assume certain roles and create certain illustrations or perceptions of only positivity being reality? Hmm. Okay, good question. So, like I said, this is a spectrum of, of how people are, right? I believe there's a predominant way of someone being um, without someone going into the the dark, in, into their shadow, they won't actualize as a as a human being. So with that question, it's I, I want you guys to understand that it's the judgment isn't there to be put upon a person if they're if you only see with your eyes through your perception that they are positive, right? So I want to I want to make that clear first. Or on the other side, on the flip side, like you see a person who's always in that dark energy like don't like it's it's important to have that open mind that open eye of like okay it's not only one that's not how they are all the time or it's like not it's just like an aspect of them so within a spiritual community um or just in general like on, online or in in person you can see how this comes up whenever there are practices that invoke a, a good high feeling without the use of drugs <laughs> um and this this feeling you, you can't really understand emotions without going into the energetics but on the sake of this video i'm just going to talk about the emotions uh, the emotion creates a chemical charge and this chemical charge basically surrounds the environment of the human and then this becomes like Obviously, you would want to continuously feel that. So there's practices that invoke that very much. So um, many practices, uh, I'll name a few, like uh, moving in your body or uh, even certain meditations, certain ways of breathing invokes that feeling. So obviously, these are practices that are very important that I myself practice. I'm sure you practice as well. It's just there's a certain anchoring that is lost that I've noticed within these communities that if it were to be incorporated into a person's life, into a per- into a community, I feel it would not only ground a person, but it would also bring in the sense of like self of like, they're not always high up here. Because if you're up here, you're not in here and you lose that connection within the human realm which we're all right now on and it loses the practicality of everything and then if you lose the practicality you're like a little balloon right it's like a little little string and then there's the balloon flying and you can easily be taken by the wind or the storm so I think the anchoring is really important to go into and yeah, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Um, I think, like, we have gotten a glimpse into what the light can be categorized as, or, like, a visualization of what light is. So what would be the mm. alternative, or rather the opposite in this case, which is darkness? So how would you describe darkness, and what would be, like, in, a few examples of what darkness, in a sense, is? Mm. So these are extremes of course so like the lightness is like the kumbaya love and light all the time 24 7 right 
And then the darkness would be something like you are in the shadow realms all the time, meaning that you're constantly like digging into your past life, digging into your, in other words, just the programming that you've been indoctrinated in within the society, within your household, within, you know, like the trauma that you went through, whatever spectrum of trauma you're at. So it's it, it's like a dwelling in that completely. So again, these are extremes, right? So I I almost believe that if we're on either side of the extremes, it becomes really unbalanced, especially if a person is trying to you know heal or just self actualize or be more authentic. It becomes difficult when whether you're on this side or on this side extremely. So. I I would presume that the dark side would be more so in that like dwelling mode. You you could slip you do slip into those harsher emotions because you are literally going into certain places that you have not yet looked into. Um and I I want to bring up that there's a beautiful marriage that happens when the light and then the dark both become an immersed within each other. Because here's the thing. Whenever someone is at the extreme of the extremity of positivity, they are in a way lacking that sense of authenticity because they're not willing to go into the dark, into those parts that they are avoiding and neglecting. And then on the flip side, it's the dark. They're avoiding on the extreme side. They're not allowing that light to kind of illuminate those those experiences so they can transmutate, right? So yeah, like the, the dark would be very much reminiscing in the past and bringing up all those emotions and just staying stuck there. Like when you say, when when I talk about the extremes, it's like the darkness would be like the stuckness and then the light would be like, whew. so it's very like polar opposites, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, I think one thing you also touched upon is how it kind of becomes a positive feedback loop upon each other. So the definition of a positive mm-hmm. feedback loop is yeah. that when you kind of involve yourself in one of these two realms, using these extremes as modalities, that you will find yourself like going back to the same thing and building upon it and going becoming more and more extreme in whether it is the light or the darkness because you've spent so much time like and like using it as a coping mechanism that you just find yourself in the same place over and over again and using Mm -hmm. that as a not a relapse but a place to go to for seclusion Mm -hmm. safety or like paradise Mm -hmm. and so like for me um kind of how the darkness works with me is I would say like anger is like uh, an embodiment of the darkness mm-hmm. inside of me. So I feel like something, some things, as you know, society creates a lot of anger within us based on events that happen, traumatic events yeah. that happen to people and things we see. And so one thing I see myself using as darkness is the anger that I feel. And in and one way mm-hmm. I can, one way I go about addressing it personally is that I take this anger and it feels like it's like a huge mass force that surrounds me. And then just channeling it into something productive, like something like exercise, something like really, really like something that requires you to exert a lot of energy to push that anger into. And I feel like that Mm -hmm. balance that you talked about with these two extremes really embodies this kind of like 
this kind of like channeling and this balance required to slip in from side to side so you stay in a good pendulumic uh, moderation. So I think my yes. next question would be, like, I can see that you have talked about, like, a little, you've touched a little bit onto, like, what causes this or, like, why does it happen? And it, it's easy to mm -hmm. see that this sense of toxic positivity that we have without the opposite being present has negative effects on our psyche. So I think my question yeah. would be, like, how do you think or why do you think this happens in within us? Mm, good question. And thank you for sharing. Like, that's really important to channel in your anger or whatever you presume and identify with as a darkness there's something that's going to illuminate literally so thank you for sharing um and the question for the uh, for the question i believe that essentially it really starts with how you were nurtured as a child so i mean this this is going to take you way back this is gonna this encourages one to really analyze and think back and just just actually like look into their family life if they're living within their family or their lover or person that they're um, with is exhibiting certain traits that trace back to that first initial experience which was in childhood so and 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 how this specific you know, the, the toxic positivity uh, gets birthed into a person's uh, behavior is, I mean, just speaking from experience, it's, it's from getting a constant loop of feedback of, you need to be a good girl, you need to be number one, and then you get rewarded constantly for that positivity. And within the spiritual realm, you know, it's, I think not even in the spiritual, and I just want to generalize it as a whole as in society, I don't think negative emotions are celebrated as much as I would like to think they are and should be, uh, and, and which makes it harder for someone who is expressing the darker emotions to continuously do that. You know, there, there requires some sort of will and, and, and strength to actually go into those feelings and emotions. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's very much a behavior that we learn because of our childhood and how our parents or our caregivers uh, were presenting to us what positivity is. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I think that answers that question. Yeah. Um, Sounds very interesting because like, the, you also like said that it is not only our past that conditions are present and future, but it's also society that conditions it. Maybe through social media with people just posting wins, posting happiness, and just posting themselves having the best time of their lives. This sense of positivity yeah. is just seen as something that is just so inherent to us. And any sort of negativity or expression, like you said, of it just makes it seem like it's just negative and it just like shouldn't be seen in life. And so I think a question that I have is that what are like, would you, what would you say are like some examples of like areas of life people have to experience or to visualize in order to kind of connect a little bit to the darkness or like, like spend some time, like to find themselves in an area where you can both balance and stay in touch with the sense of positivity while not neglecting the negativity and vice versa? Hmm. 
Okay, that's a good question. Um, it, it, it and just to make it clear, what areas and how to bring in? The t- okay. Yeah, it's, it's so, like it'd be something like um, like taking uh, like finding certain parts or aspects of your life. What would you have to get in touch with, or what part of your life would you have to get mm-hmm. in touch with? Both may it be the past, may it be current events, may it be social interactions, mm-hmm. may it be something like that, mm-hmm. like examples like that. I believe that whatever is immediate to you is your teacher. So it could be friendships or it could be getting into like, like for, okay, I can give you an example. So let's say you are someone who loves to be around like-minded people, right? And that is something that is great. And you like to feel that way, but In order, if you have that intention of wanting to expand yourself, wanting to learn more about yourself in order for you to be more authentic, I think having a practice where you get yourself and put yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable, aka people that are not like-minded, aka areas and environments that are not as much as you in a way, um, I think that's like the best way that I've done in my life where I would just like put myself out there, connect to people that I wouldn't normally categorize as like-minded as me. And I'm always surprised by the, the stuff that I learn from, from interacting with people and how it helps me like see the different sides of them and myself if that makes sense. Um, Another way you could incorporate and and discover parts of yourself is I I like to do inner child work, which would be going into the past and doing works. uh, Like here's another example. You can find a little picture of yourself and you know, go deeply into that experience, into that lifetime, into that period of your life and ask yourself, what are some things that I was experiencing? And how does this tie into this, this behavior that I have, this, this trait that I have, where I use positivity as a coping mechanism instead of something that is originally emanating from me? Yeah, so asking yourself those types of questions, journaling, I believe. There's so many amazing things you can do, but these are just a few that I mentioned. Um, I think like, so in general, it'd be like, it's like you're saying like in a, to step out of your comfort zone and push yourself to a place that is like, not the, the, the place where you're comfortable, where you feel most like yourself. And it's in a sense to delete this kind of mental block that you may have that kind of like puts a wall between you and the primary purpose of the negativity of positivity of this podcast is like acceptance in a sense would you say like is a way to mm-hmm. a bit of your potential way to frame it just like saying like i want to accept that there is negativity inside of me and there is positivity and that it's okay to feel both and it's good to feel both and i think my question mm-hmm. i would have in that is that what is the overall like what is the overall like difficulty what causes the overall friction or the difficulty in people to change themselves from the old person that is either so in a realm of negativity or so in a realm of positivity and like what what makes it very hard or something that is incredibly increasingly difficult to do um in society today 
These are good questions. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So, yes. So, for your first point of your first, like, um, I want to reflect back that, yes, acceptance is very important. I believe you do have to get into a space where you're able to accept um, very much time. Like, the way emotions work are systematic and not a lot of people know this so it's like the stages of grief we go through denial then anger and then yada yada right it's the same thing with emotions you experience certain things certain emotions first so I believe acceptance is one of those last stage emotions that you would go through relating to an aspect of yourself that you want to learn more about um so yes, so acceptance is important, very important, but I believe asking yourself and really tuning into who, having conversations with yourself and saying, what stage am I at right now? Am I at a point where I can accept this? Am I at a point where it will be beneficial for me to start doing this type of work? Because and we have a choice in this world. We have a choice on whether... We change our lives for the better or we don't. That is one of the things that when I heard that and I started to live by that, it changed my whole life because I finally told myself that I have a choice. I I get to decide. So with this type of stuff, although it's very glamorized, right? It's very empowering. And once you get a taste of it, it's something that you, you continue to do because the benefits are just priceless but it's still a question of are you willing to go through this or not and you can choose yes or no so acceptance is very important um and your other question was (laughs) how hard is it like why is it so hard for people to do it is it because of like preconditions preconditioned ideologies Uh or do you think it's like something that could be a little more external than that i think it's everything um i've noticed how whenever these types of conversations come up with people um relating to like the there's there's certain aspects that they are not seeing within themselves uh and and it's it's a question about first of all is a person ready to um go into that if you if you talk about a topic something as big as karma that's that's a whole thing on its own but you you can't you can't interrupt that karma could be just another word for causation like you can't interrupt a person's way of life just to just to say like this way will will give you the light or whatever right so me personally I've noticed how when a person isn't ready I have to I have to ask myself like okay am I uh, within myself like am I ready am I going to go down this path or will it be detrimental to me in the long run so same thing when you're talking to people and you're communicating with you know within your relationships and family or you know whatever work it's like when you understand that everyone's meant to hear something at a certain time 
you start to really like tune into whether it is right or not right to say something, whether the person is ready, whether you are ready to go into that. And why I keep reiterating this point is because if let's say you say, okay, I want to go into it head first. I want to go into, you know, figuring out why I do this and how, and, um, this is relating to the question that you asked about why is it difficult? When someone's persona comes into play and they're not connecting to their truest voice, what happens is that, <laughs> what happens that it is not going to be an authentic Asking. It's, it's not going to be something that's going to be from your highest self. And in fact, it's going to be a very ego persona driven and it's going to cause more damage than it, it would be if you checked in with yourself and said, maybe next time, maybe next week when we've digested certain emotions. Emotions are those things that we cannot like check off like a list. It's it's a it's a feeling. So knowing the importance of emotions, that's where I would start and then constantly checking in with yourself. Am I ready for this? Is this something I want to do? Okay, sure. And it's just like a like a constant conversation. So because we live in a world where it's very like uh, go, go, go. It's very, um, I need this now, right? TikTok videos are like, what, 30 seconds now? Or I don't even know less. So when you talk about having patience, of course, it's difficult. Like, a lot of us haven't been taught how to regulate our emotions. Yet, when we go into this field, into this like healing and the spirituality, all that, like, it's like, we, we apply that same, like, mindset of go, 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 unpatient onto something that's like, needs time and needs patience to fully grow into something and grow it, grow within and out as a flower would. So I went a little bit off topic there, but I feel like it, brings a whole circle on to why it's yeah. a little bit difficult for sounds, people to. That sounds yeah. like, it's like something that like, it seems paradoxical almost like the way you're presenting it. It's like you have to tap into our emotions, but like emotions require a leap of faith. And that is like something that is hard for us to do as well, because we have this rationality presented right here. We have this preconception of ourselves and we have this conditioning that was present before. Why not just go with that? Yeah. Why not stick with what's comfortable? And I feel like, being yeah. able to make that leap of faith, that jump, or that accept to acceptance and to become and be in tune with yourself more is something that is hard, especially due to, like you said, social media, attention span, patience, mm-hmm. and just accepting the yeah. process and letting fate play its part. And it's like when you start talking about that stuff, you go into like the, in a, for a lot of people like this, like kind of not, not wishy-washy, but like this kind of abstract space that is like not governed by any particular laws of reality. And so it's kind of hard to illustrate that, but it's very necessary. Time is of essence and of necessity. 
Yes. So, so greatly said. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I want to, I want to finish off with, there is no such, I, I, I don't like to say that there's like a right way or wrong way of doing things, but in, in, in a realm of how to live more to more according to your truth, I think there, there needs to be that sense of like wonder, that sense of curiosity, whether you want to like the, the questioning, I, I think questioning is key. I feel like I'm going to say this for until I die. Like questioning is one of those things that can get you from point A to the rainbow on the other side <laughs> or the gold. <laughs> Out of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's, it's very, it's, it's one of those things that you can't really have a depth enough conversation because it's a lot of time and a lot of time and a lot of like inner, inner work that needs to happen to flow out. So, yeah, I, I really hope that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sophia, for yeah, really. presenting such a very like a very nuanced and a very like a topic that is not easy to talk about and requires a lot of reflection and understanding in order to be able to perceive and see for what it is. So thank you so much for presenting this topic. And I'd also like to thank every single listener for making it through this podcast with us. And we hope to see you potentially most likely on our next episode coming out next week. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.